We're in Syria. In the north of the country, people say they've been abandoned, with the UN aid chief decrying the aid delivery here as a failure. Dr. Abdul Karim Exayas is a Syrian medical doctor and research associate at King's College in London and our guest this morning. Thank you so much for your time. What is the difference between aid that has arrived in Turkey compared to Syria? Yeah, thank you for having me. And I think a bit of a contextual background is needed here to differentiate between the different areas of control that were hit by this airstrike. So we have southern Turkey, which the response is coordinated, as is managed, by the Turkish government. And the Turkish government, they have their agreements with different countries in terms of support in, in, in case of earthquakes and also in terms of supply chain. And then in Syria, we have two different areas of control. We have northwest of Syria, which is the areas under opposition control. And these areas are no state area. So there is no internationally recognized government that can lead and coordinate the response there. And the problem with this area, that the fragility and the vulnerability is massive because of the 12 years of the conflict. So these areas were hit by 12 years of continuous airstrikes damaging the infrastructure. Second, it's about population density in this area. So we have more than 4 million population living in a small strip next to the Turkish border. So this area was affected the most in terms of uh, within Syria, in terms of the recent earthquake. And then we have the third area, which is the areas controlled by the Damascus government, by the Assad regime, including Aleppo City and other areas. And those areas, the response is coordinated by the Syrian government. And the Syrian government, they have also the supply line, including the international airports they have, and they have been receiving support from the international community. So I think the area that was left and was almost abandoned is northwest of Syria, because this area is the only crossing point is Bab al-Hawa border from to southern Turkey to into northern Syria. And the problem, it's not only about the damage in terms of road accessibility, but I think it's mostly about the political willingness to support this area and also the preparedness plan that was missing in terms of supporting any potential emerging crisis in this area similar to what happened in this earthquake that damaged at least 2,000 buildings in that area that has already weak and fragile infrastructure. So given you're saying this northwestern region is really the the worst um, in terms of being able to access any aid, what are the most pressing needs for people in that region? So, so as I mentioned, the vulnerability in this area is massive in terms of population density, population vulnerability. So we have now about 3,900 deaths and a lot of injuries. So we know that we are talking here in, in the day seven after the earthquake. So most of the rescue and search commissions, they are starting to stop slowly in the next maybe few days. But then we move to the health response from the one hand, and then the shelter and livelihood response from the other hand. So I think the most missing um, uh, needs in terms of uh, enabling the health response are related to first diesel and fuel, uh, because now hospitals, they are running out of fuel. Ambulances, they cannot transfer patients because of lack of fuel. Second, uh, medications and consumables and medical supplies. The problem in this area 
the market in this area is stretched already because of the conflict. So even if we have the money and we cannot procure medicine, for example, antibiotics to, to prevent um, infections or basic painkillers, because there are no pharmaceutical companies or factories in this area, and the area is dependent on the humanitarian supplies coming across the border. And in the first two days, nothing, um, the, the border was closed completely. And then we have already now almost 42 vehicles only that crossed the border until this moment without having proper supplies. So medical supplies and consumables is needed. On the other hand, in terms of shelter, non-food items, food baskets, and also supporting the people on the long run to rebuild their, their, their lives again. The UN's aid chief visited Turkey on the weekend. He said this is the worst natural disaster he's ever seen. But the UN's been criticised by Syrian rescuers and citizens. Has the UN been too slow to act in Syria? So I think this visit by itself represents um, like a, a bit of the view that Syrians maybe perceive the UN. First, because the UN representative, the, UN, the head of the UN OCHA, uh, Mr. Martin Griffiths, he visited Turkey for sure, and he is going to visit um, the, the uh, governmental areas in Syria. And also, for example, the head of WHO, Mr. Didros, Dr. Didros, he visited Aleppo City um, two days ago on the governmental side of, the, of Syria, and no one visited northwest Syria, the Bosnian-controlled areas. And even Mr. Martin Griffiths, when he was asked deliberately by the White Helmets who are doing the rescue activities in northwest Syria, he was asked to visit the region. But he would ra- he rather asked them to come to Kahraman Marish in Turkey to meet him, which I think is inappropriate for the UN officials to ask rescuers on the ground to cross the border to them to meet them. And I think this by itself may be um, tell about the UN prioritization. Luckily, today, this morning, um, Ms. Martin and others, they managed to come closer to the Turkish border. So they met um, some, some organizations and civil society actors from northwest of Syria, and they realized the lack of you know, attention and the lack of prioritization that this area has given. And I hope this could be a first step in terms of correcting the UN agencies' um, track in terms of how they dealt with the catastrophe in northwest of Syria. Dr. Exayas, thank you for your time. Thank you. Dr. Abdullah Karim Exayas is a Syrian medical doctor and research associate at King's College in London. You're listening to ABC RM Breakfast. Find more great ABC RN stories that take you beyond the headlines on the ABC Listen app. Me again, podcasters. I hope you're enjoying our coverage of international affairs on RN Brekkie. And if you're looking for more stories that put world events into context, then look for Between the Lines on the ABC Listen app or wherever you get your podcasts.